everyone, it's Felix here. This is another episode of Story Mode, a video game podcast. This week, we're frothing over Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power, breaking down Destiny 2 Lightfall, gushing over Last of Us Part 1, and looking at the Assassin's Creed Mirage rumors. If you want to hear more of us, follow us at StoryModeAUS. For now, though, on with the show. Speaking of Tokyo Spring, mm. yes, She-Hulk here. Guys, I'm really enjoying She-Hulk. It's growing really on me. It's growing it. on me over these three yeah, episodes. It's alright. I think it's okay. I wouldn't call it groundbreaking, but it's, it's, it's not bad. groundbreaking. It's just it's re- refreshing, and I think probably so far it's my second favorite of the Marvel Disney Plus show. I really liked um, Miss Marvel. Really, really like Miss Marvel. Really, um, Do you like Loki? Yes and no. Mm. I feel like the, the the premise of the show is super intriguing. Really, really cool. Um, and then it just took a while to get going and then it felt a little bit more toned down than I was expected. Okay. Like, we could have had billions of, of Lokis. We get about six and they're really cool. Like, they're really interesting. I love Crocodile Loki. Mm-hmm. Um, my girlfriend absolutely screamed when she saw Crocodile Loki. It's the best thing ever. But like, should we not have more? And then in a show where you could have had anything be a villain, they went with, oh, cool, a smoke monster. Cool. <laughs> I don't know. It's felt a bit whatever. Uh, uh, we'll see Fair how enough. season two goes. Because I think season one mm. largely was just like, hey, here's Kang. Which was cool. Yeah. Um, um, we'll see what season uh, two what's does. What's his name? Something Majors who's playing Kang? Yeah. Jonathan oh, yeah. Majors. What's his name? Yes. Oh, so good. Oh, sensational actor. Did you? I I like how they, they, they realized that they couldn't have a villain with the same sort of power as Josh Brolin. So it's like, let's lower the, str- the stats on strength, up them in charisma. Make him goofy uh, as hell. Did you watch- But it um, makes him feel threatening. Yes. Like he's, like, he's overtly confident there's, in a really there's that casual, line like, this is all game the, to him. The quantum mania footage that I, that I saw people write that he says, I'm like, I cannot wait to hear the delivery on that line. To um, Ant Man. Oh, when he says I'm an Avenger, like, I'm like, a conqueror. <laughs> something along, something to that effect. Something, something like, yeah, you're, uh, have I killed you before? Or have I killed you yet, or something like that? I'm like, oh, it's cold, man. <laughs> Very cold. The, the fact me, that quick, the film's called Kang Dynasty means he's he's mm. he ain't fucking about. He's revving up. Did you guys watch Lovecraft Country? No, actually, sure? no. Yeah. Well, but on my my very long mm. list of shows to watch. Jonathan Majors is amazing in that show. He's really good. Um, but yeah, no, he's a great actor. So excited to see what he does with Kang. Then the other Marvel Disney shows is like WandaVision starts off incredibly, but falls apart. Becomes an it, it becomes an MCU show like very quickly. Just goes as yeah. Marvel. I'm like okay. okay. No, right, no, right. Um, yeah, Bucky and, and like, Soldier I love Marvel, but like from the, from the how intriguing One Division starts, I was kind of hoping for more from the end of it. But oh well. I wish One Division had the same self awareness as She Hulk. I think they're getting better though with these shows. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I don't know what I don't know what's next. Is it like uh, uh not Secret Wars? Um, I think it'll be Echo, probably. Yeah, is Echo next? Like the, the one with, um, from Isn't Armor Wars? No. Uh, oh, man. No, Armor Wars is way after Ironheart. I don't know. There's too many things I'm to watch. Kidding. Guys. Like, I've, got, a li- I've t- got like a list of movies and TV shows I need to watch. I and mean, then I've got a separate Marvel one. Then it's just like, all right. Sorry, our what date was that, in, um, Kevin? <laughs> we just pencil friends over in. an 8-bit, who should all be following and listening to their podcast, they tweeted out earlier, it's like, you know, how many things that you subscribe to? Oh. And I sat down and I calculated it. And I almost cried. Yeah, I was broke down a web. It's like game, you know, Game Pass, this new PlayStation Now Plus essential thing, which charged me for the first time. And I'm like, where did $70 go? <laughs> that's okay. That, that was confronting. That's, that's gone. <laughs> it's gone. Um, KO, binge. Netflix, Stan, blah, blah, blah. Prime. Apple. I've got Crunchyroll as well. and Yeah, same here. And I'm realizing I'm probably spending about a... Spotify. Bucks, probably. Oh, no, I didn't think... I didn't even count Spotify. <laughs> I think 
they had like a poll up on their Twitter. Yeah. And it was yeah. like, you know, zero to three, three to five. I think I had more than the top option. It was like eight to something was the top one. I think that's what I voted. But like if I sat down and tallied it, I probably, I might have more. But even just picking that option, I was just like, oh, oh, Jesus Christ. Oh. No. But I, I say that as I, I leant back in the couch watching uh, House of the Dragon live now on Binge. Dude, uh, don't I'm you dare this. plug Binge. Yeah, I'm so pissed that Binge is good. It shouldn't be. I hate the people the money goes to. Fuck them all. But, guys, I'm finally watching Curb Your Enthusiasm. I'm really enjoying it. <laughs> Where else am I going to watch Ben 10? I'm going to watch Ben 10 next. I'm going to watch What We Do in the Shadows. Yeah. Because I can't get enough Matt Berry lately. Oh, what was that Taika Waititi show? Our Flag Means with Death. The, uh, our yeah. Flag. Yep. Yep. I need to watch that. Amazing show. It's on my list. It's on my list. But it is amazing. Yeah, you should like watch it watching, immediately. Watching, like... Watching all the sport on KO, it's like, I don't like it. The money goes to, but they're taking my money anyway. <laughs> oh, man. Look at us with our morals. I mean, look, I have the morals. I'm just. I have morals, but I, I like I, convenience. So it's just like. Exactly. It's like, I've got morals, but on the other hand, dragons and Larry David. <laughs> I mean, I've got to weigh up these options. <laughs> and Pros and cons here. Just saying, I'm a big Larry David fan. I'm just saying. Joel and Chats take, taking a stand against Binge. Refuses to pay for it. Fuck him. Fuck him, he says. God, I tried to I tried to blank that cough. And I didn't press the button properly. And now I'm wondering, will Keelan blank it out? I don't know. Keelan, if you're listening, blank that cough out, but then leave this part in. Okay. Mm. Cause some confusion. Cause some havoc. Because I tell you what, it's gonna set the tone for what is gonna be a packed episode. No. We have we normally do three topics, guys. We've got four topics. Okay. We're going a little bit crazy here. And there's one topic. Normally, Simon's the one we have to put this, like, cage around sometimes. You know, it's 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 like the event, going back to the Avengers and, and Marvel and such. You know, they catch the Hulk in the Avengers and they put him into that thing. And it's like, oh, don't worry. If he gets angry, we're just going to drop him out of space. <laughs> okay? That's what we have to do with Kara with one of the topics. But let's not start there. Actually, no, wait. Even this topic, you may go, you may go off. I, I promise to, to restrain myself. I do. Felix is ready the tranquilizer. I got it. I got it just behind the camera here. <laughs> Guys. You watch yourself. House of the Dragon. I'm sorry. I mean, Rings of Power. Oh, it's just like the tweet you did. Oh, I <laughs> oh, got me. Um, you can see that tweet. Oh, you can't see that tweet. No, you, you deleted it. Tweet. All the evidence is gone. At, Never happened. If you follow us on Twitter at Story Mode, at Story Mode, AUS. God, that was smooth. Um, but no. Rings of Power, the Amazon-led Lord of the Rings TV show. Long-awaited. Um, I think we're all a little bit nervous about how it how it come out. The most expensive show ever made, I believe. Uh, 750 mil, which they think that will go up to a billion per season in the uh, concurrent seasons. I think there's six seasons all up. Uh, it takes place far, far, far before the events of, of Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit. Um, but we'll see some characters, we see some characters that we know and love. Karen, Felix. We can win this with a bit, a bit of trepidation, oh, a bit I, of nervousness. I, I didn't. <laughs> I did. Well, Karen, okay, if you went, okay, well, okay, Karen, you went in very confident about this. Yeah, I've been like, I've honestly been excited for a while. Um, I'm not saying that was any guarantee it was going to be good, but I don't know, something about us is like, you know what, like, sure, look, Jeff Bezos is, it's not doing great things for his employees, but if he can take that evil money and like make a good Middle Earth show, See, like <laughs> that's the thing about Amazon. Now, Amazon in Australia is very different to what it is in America, and um, Amazon. I think we'd all agree, evil company. I think we can all agree, Jeff Bezos. I wouldn't really consider him a human being anymore because when you become that rich, you become literal like, like dark matter buddy we get it you um, won he won like you know yeah, he, he won. won like just he everything yeah. for him from now on is free don't pay him like, he's good <laughs> he fuck won. their wives drink their blood <laughs> come on jeff get him like you have songs written about you sir um but i don't think anyone disagrees that amazon evil company provide the pretty convenient service so i guess when you look at the products that amazon come out with they're the good part there's a reason to make so much money. It's a good deal. Maybe I, get, I was wrong. I get video streaming. I get like 
Twitch sub and I get, I think I get, I'm not sure if it's bundled in. I get Audible as well. Like, God, you just remembered me that I pay for Discord. <laughs> Add it to the and list, my man. Twitch subs. Oh Don't, no, my I Twitch, pay for so many things. My Twitch subs are the things that will ruin me. God. But I like the people I follow, so like. And if you want to follow us, you can find us at Twitch at StoryModeAUS. Oh, I'm getting good with these. Okay, so you went in with a bit more confidence. How about you, Felix? You you were a bit more trepidatious. I was a bit. I was a bit more worried. Yeah, I think I was worried as to. I think they maybe overestimated how interested people were in, in hearing the stories that were set so long ago in Tolkien's Middle Earth world. Um, but obviously, I was wrong in that aspect. I think the majority of the community. And evidently, a lot of people just missed Middle Earth. They just missed being in that world and and seeing those kinds of characters and those themes that that just keep recurring and are done so beautifully. You know, I went in nervous, and then as soon as that first episode started, those first few minutes, I was like, "Oh, we are in for a good ride." Like you bring up. An interesting thing when you say you're not quite sure how audience would react to this. It's interesting because we do live in a post Game of Thrones world and we've seen with all other sort of fantasy media, it has changed dramatically because of Game of Thrones. It sort of popularized some fantasy elements that weren't really part of the mainstream, like, you know, incest. Um, all the cool things, but now they're almost expected in fantasy stuff. Game of Thrones and um, Lord of the Rings are two very different things. Lord of the Rings is very slow, it's methodical, it's poetic, it's um, optimistic, like you said before, Kyron. So I was wondering, is is Amazon going to try and lean into that to get bums on seats? Or will they stick true and maybe alienate a few people who thought, oh, cool, more fantasy, Game of Thrones, yay. No, they have hit the bullseye so perfectly, like one of Legolas's arrows. This show almost made me cry. This is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen on television. Um, I I think we're all big Lord of the Rings fans. And we have all been very excited to talk about this. because We've been blown away. Truly. Like, there were definitely parts, I, I was the same as you, where I, I, I legitimately was just like, am I getting misty-eyed over a TV show? Have I missed Middle Earth that much? The answer was, yes, I have. It's been, like, nearly 20 years since the last, like, good middle earth you know when the movies came out in like the early 2000s um now just a heads up like full spoilers for the next for the first two episodes that are already on um amazon and you could get them other ways if you chose um but yeah full spoilers for the first two episodes i think every episode now comes out weekly but it's got a bit of a weird schedule i don't think it's a set night whatever it is i think it's friday yeah. it's friday nights isn't it yeah but friday night time would be very very happy with that mm. uh i will say now that we've got the spoiler stuff out of the way, the scene that almost made me cry was um, Galadriel jumping off the ship. That whole Valinor sequence, and Valinor is something that's been spoken about so much in Lord of the Rings lore. My, my, my partner, Sophie, massive Lord of the Rings fan. She's got like Lord of the Rings tattoos all over her body. She loves it. Um, and she would often, when we watch the films, extended versions, because you know I'm not a goddamn criminal, um, should explain things to me. And like Valinor is hinted towards a lot, but it's not flat out, you know, stated. Like at the end, it's like, oh, Frodo's going on a great new adventure. It's like, no, he's dying <laughs> because his because his body's broken. Yep. He's basically writing a suicide note at the end. It's pretty dark. <laughs> but in this you but get he's to going see with it, all his how, friends. How, and you know and all his friends. They're dying too. It's gonna be sick. Um, and Sam will come I like later. In this, yeah. Um, I like in this how we see it. It really is thrown as as a gift, and for her to rebel against it, it gives so much weight to what we see her become. Because she also has one of the coolest scenes in Lord of the Rings when she goes all like evil and hot. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> I think also that scene does a great job. Goth Galadriel, come on, goth, <laughs> the ultimate goth GF, really. But. Um, that scene does a great job of just you're watching it and then you're like, oh, 
this isn't going to be the show that I thought it was going to be. For me, anyway. It, Galadriel just kind of rejects that. And then it's like, oh, man. Okay, this is going to be a badass Galadriel story. And it's going to be a badass Middle-earth story that does sort of, like, twist, you know, what fantasy stories do in the past. It's taking what began fantasy, really, and twisting it and using that as a trampoline to just create greatness. It's going to be amazing. We're getting all the Morphed Clark swooning over first because her casting and her performance, Galadriel, the young Galadriel, which should have been the name of the show, like Young Rock. <laughs> young, young Sheldon. Young Sheldon. Young Galadriel. <laughs> a Lord of a Ring um, story. Uh, as it, it, flawless, absolutely spellbinding. <laughs> I, I am in love with her. And look, there are perfect casting all over the place. A lot of people, a lot of actors, I, I kind of like, I know them from something. I'm pretty sure the guy who plays Elrond was young Ned Stark in Game of Thrones. Um, he's got a big old chin on that one. Um, Beautiful. But really well casted. Look, let's move on from Gladril because if we keep talking about her, this is going to be the podcast. <laughs> what are we thinking of the number of stories being told here? So we're seeing a story about some, some halflings. We're seeing Elrond. And uh, and his his good friend. What's his good friend's name? Uh, Prince. Oh, Elrond's uh, uh, Prince Durin. No, I thought you were going to say Celebrimbor. I I set you up so beautifully. Well, Celebrimbor is also there. He is there. He's there. He's you know friend of the show. Celebrimbor, everyone's favorite ha- hammer boy, <laughs> as, they, as they used to call him. Uh, they, that's what they called him in the Second Age. Um, we got we got his story, and we've also got the story of an Elven scout. Who jumped into a big hole? <laughs> yep. How are we feeling? What's the what's the storyline got you hooked in? Oh, jeez. The story of uh, I forget oh, I forget the elf's name, the, like the ranger dude. Um. Oh, the like OC character, like the new character, is it? Yes. Yeah. I don't know what his name is. I forget. Me neither. <laughs> but he is really cool. He's very intriguing. And the whole sequence with that tunnel and, you know, obviously we've done a spoiler warning already, but when that kid is like yelling about the rats and then he like, he knocks those floorboards and then the orc eye from underneath, I was like, oh my gosh, they know exactly what I personally want from the orcs, which is for them to be a horror show. They are terrifying yeah. monsters that exist in this universe, and they should be shown like that. They're they're spooky monsters under the bed. They're things that you see in the shadows, like as he's crawling through that tunnel, like the big claws that like they look way too big, but like that's them. They're coming for you, man. And he's just and the way they he just have- crawls and he gets trapped in that tunnel. That was my favorite scene for sure of the first two. The episodes. last time we saw orcs, they were purely cannon fodder. That's all they were. They were there, there yeah. to be killed. They were just grunts. But in this, one orc is a massive threat. And that is really cool. Uh, the stakes are high here. I don't know what that... That moment where that woman cuts off its head and just slams it down. Oh, it's like, who's <laughs> coming with me? There are... One of the things I like about Lord of the Rings is there are moments where there are just badass people who are taking fucking charge. All of that happens. Like, I don't care what else is going on. We're out of here. So good. What do we think about The Stranger? Naked meteor man. They could, they could take it in a few ways. I I don't know if I'll take it the way I think they will, because again, it's just so the, the thing that the, the main thing that I'm not cautious about but curious about is I know second age stuff is really, you know, flimsy and, and what, what they have access to is the other thing I'm not too sure because I know that the rights are, can be really complicated for this stuff. So I don't know where they're gonna take it. I have a I have a I have a thought about who it could be, but again, I don't really know if it'll make sense. But they also might Jackson it a little bit just to make it work in the story, like because you know Jackson made changes to the to the trilogy to make the movies just more you know work better as movies. So they might do something similar here, but um, I guess we'll see. I'm glad they've introduced a few new characters because I know with say Game of Thrones, the first few seasons were. That stuck pretty close to the books. They they dropped off a few stories, but the stories that played out were pretty similar. Um, I guess the people who read the books didn't enjoy it as much because they knew what was coming. It was just going to be like, how how do they interpret those books? But with this, is genuinely you may know 
what the law of Lord of the Rings is and the Silmarillion and all that. But there's a reason to keep watching because, you know, Kyra, you you know your Lord of the Rings law and you're very intrigued by character. And there's, you're, you know, there could be some red herrings and th- thrown That's in. That's the thing, right? Like, I, I love that. Like throwing in, throwing in, like having having Sauron in the mix at all is great just because he's a shapeshifter. So at any point it's just like, all right, all right, let's go. Who's, Who's going to be? <laughs> Is it, the, is it the, the, the guy Sarah. that's with Galadriel right now? Like, who knows? <laughs> we also just talk about the cinematography of this show. Like, again, I'm going to go back to that shot on the on the ship when the light is pouring over everyone. Stunning. But then seeing the storm coming over when they're on the, the little life raft and that big dragon's under the water. There have just been some... The shots of um, Galadriel's company going east, I think it was. Uh, sorry, west. Uh, and they've been walking for like 14 fucking years. And you see shot after shot of like these desolate landscapes. Beautiful. And then, um, what's his name? Bear McCreary? Who did the soundtrack yeah, Bear of God McCreary, of War? Yeah, yeah, the God of War composer. Among I mean, other stuff. Could you have a better name to do a God of War soundtrack <laughs> than Bear, for one? But the soundtrack in this is just haunting. Oh, I have I have had the, the, the again I, in general I loved everything in Casa Doom, but I've had the Casa Doom song on loop the last few days because it is so good. I love that song so much. <laughs> Are there any parts of the show you're not you're not digging? I mean, the only again, it's not. I think it's fair to say that I'm not digging it. The only part I'm sort of curious about, and I, I looked it up, so I know his name now. The elf's name, the elf ranger, is um Arondir. Around here. Around Rolls of the tongue. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably the only one, just like that romance story with him and um Bron- Bronwyn. Mm. And it's not because I don't think it'll be good. It's just like I'm always cautious. But the, 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 they are probably tipping their cup to the like Varian and, and Luffy and stuff. But I don't know. That's the only part that I'm sort of like, let's see how this plays out here. All that black goo coming out of that udder, did oh. not like. No. <laughs> Definitely not. I'm really glad he didn't do like that, like, like detective show thing of like licking his. Yeah, I know. Even he knew better. Fresh. <laughs> don't need to. That's not a good thing. I don't even need to put it in my mouth to know that. I'm curious to see what happens with that sword as well that that kid has, uh, with the yes. with Sauron's mark on it. That looked quite interesting. Um, yeah, obviously got some like blood sorcery magic going on with it. That's the part that I really want explained mm. because. That kid just having it and then showing a friend one day felt a little bit, bit weird. There was there wasn't enough like build up to that moment. I guess it was just like, "Hey, Bill, look what I have—the Devil's Sword." It's like <laughs> I would have hidden it better, um, but I, I could not recommend this more highly. I mentioned earlier that Sophie, massive Lord of the Rings fans. Every year for three years, we went and saw The Hobbit in gold class, hoping they would get better. They did not. And she's been that burnt. She hasn't watched Rings of Power yet. I'm I'm, I'm fighting so hard to convince her. Got to change that. Um, poor, poor Peter Jackson. Poor Peter Jackson. <laughs> Words that have never been said. No, no. I stand by them. Like Warner Brothers being like, by the way, we want three movies instead of two. Like what was, if he did... If, yeah, you know this book that's basically a leaflet? Yeah. <laughs> Make it into three films. Make a trilogy. Uh, <laughs> Are you kidding me? Okay. Like, I still hey. remember seeing, like, footage of him from behind the scenes on, the, on that movie. Just like, I just wanted to hug the poor guy. Those, um, oh, shit, I'm, I'm completely blank. Who played Gandalf? Ian McKellen. Ian McKellen, yeah. Ian McKellen. The videos of him on set. Yeah, poor dude. Gr- always breaking out in tears yeah, because no. he's like, I, I, this isn't how I train to act. Mm. Yeah. They hurt. Yeah. But what's it got the anime? Is there an anime? Lord of the Rings? It was an animated one, yeah. Like, no, no, but there, isn't there an anime one? Oh, there's out? a movie coming, yeah, the Rohirrim yes, one. Yeah. The Rohirrim ones. Have we got a trailer or anything like that? No, Have, not yet. Anything about that? Not not no trailer yet, but I'm very eager to see what that's gonna be as well. Interesting. Okay, well, look, we will keep you, dear listener, up to date with our Rings of Power watching. Um but yeah, I mean, I hi- highly recommend. I'm giving you this. I'm giving you this the Jesse thumbs up. <laughs> I'm gonna give it two thumbs up. Fuck it. I don't give a shit. 
Now, moving on, Kyron. A game that you would give three thumbs up to. The third thumb, obviously, being on your penis. Um, I tried to get all the jokes out. Wow. You gotta get that checked out, I'm man. sorry. Oh. Got a thumb down there. That's... Yeah. Uh, I just don't know how Jesse oh. saw it. That's my problem. Like, that's that's the really True. concerning thing here. You were hitchhiking. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was a good one. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Um, Destiny. My social medias are popping off right now about Destiny 2. The new expansion came out, Lightfall. Destiny is a game that, I mean, look, I was talking about this game, Adorzy, on, on the on throughout our history of the podcast because no game does gunplay better it is the benchmark um but i fell off pretty quickly like with destiny one i guess destiny two has gotten better and better i want to get back into it first up can you explain to us this new expansion what it what it brings to the game and then can you please please tell me where somebody, me, a nice new ball, fresh Destiny man, should start. Okay. Um, so you want to know a bit, a bit about Lightfall first, by the sounds of it, which is the new the new expansion. So how Destiny does things now, I mean, I shouldn't say it's a bit weird. It might be weird for some people who are still who like look at Destiny and be like, oh, it's a shooter. But I mean, as we as they've gotten further away from their their you know partnership with Activision. We've gotten closer to being able to say it's 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 an MMO pretty much like <laughs> like so now have I do it is they have their big expansion at least they had for the last few years they do their big expansion and then throughout like the year in usually three month intervals they have like a season and that'll be like a separate little you know three month story they'll tell if it's unique activity and like gear and loot and all that and it's just sort of it. You, so you play the expansion and get the new big story and then you just get like little little lore droplets until the next big one drops. And it just, that's how they got me and kept me on the hook because I jumped in after um, the Witch Queen presentation, which was last year's one. And they were like, yeah, because of delay, we're going to delay, you know, Witch Queen till early, like now this year, so 2022. So then our last season will be like six months long. So I'm like, that sounds like a good chance for me to jump in because- when we get to the where to start, it's gonna. It's, I don't know where to start really, besides playing it. But um, so having it having it that way has worked really well for me. So yeah, Lightfall will be this new expansion that drops early next year. So it'll be March first for us. I'm pretty sure, and it's just gonna be yeah. The next chapter got a new location we're heading to. Which again, one of the rewarding things about Destiny is if you sort of you know, much like how you would like pour over item descriptions in like Elden Ring and Dark Souls and all that. If you read the lore, you can sort of see them hinting at where we're going. Now, do I need an app for that still? It's in-game. The lore, the lore yes. pages are in, are in game. What an upgrade. <laughs> I know, right? It's for Destiny 1 long gone. But days have been like, you've unlocked a Grimoire card. I'm like, oh, where do I read that? Oh, unlock into Bungie.net. Why is it not in the game? <laughs> You're like, I'd rather die. That was rough, yeah. <laughs> Why is it not in the game, Bungie? So that's that's been remedied, and the game, as again, as they've gotten better um, since again since Forsaken, Shadowkeep was a bit, which is like the the second main expansion, not too great, but Forsaken and Beyond Light, Witch Queen, and now Lightfall, they've actually leaned into the narrative more, and they've got cutscenes. Um, sometimes our guardian speaks, you know, so they've they've gotten more into telling the story in game as well as having the additional lore that you can just sort of you know pour through at your own convenience. Uh, this is one of the things about being like an outsider looking in, as I've seen people talking about characters from this world. And after playing you know, a fair bit of Destiny 1 and then a little bit of Destiny 2, I wasn't really at the point of the narrative meaning anything. That's why whenever I talk about Destiny, I just think about yeah, gunplay. Like, like for the, the majority nowadays, of Destiny, there was one character and he is gone now. So <laughs> the other ones have actually had a chance to shine and sort of rise up. And I guess not really rise up, like have had some spotlight and some attention given to them and they're all developing really interestingly. So you reckon if I want to start playing, I just play. I yeah, because like it, it's so hard. On so one of the things that it's it's you can definitely criticize Destiny for is it's not super forgiving if you're jumping in for the first time. I, I can't speak for you because I don't know how it is right now, but when I jumped in back last year when I went back, 
the first night was just so confusing because it has this nasty habit of when there's like a new event or a new seasonal thing, like when you log in, it throws you straight into that mission. So I logged in and got thrown into some mission. I'm like, why am I dying so much? What's happening? I eventually ended up bouncing back to orbit and I managed to find my footing, but it it does not make things easy. One of the things they'll do in Lightfall to change that is they're going to have, it's, it's not really a, a quest, but there'll be like a page on your character inventory, whatever screen, where they'll give you steps to take as you're playing, which I think is going to do a lot to sort of help new players find out how to play this game. Because honestly, it's a lot to take in just with no help at all from Bungie at the moment. It, it, it's comic books. I've always wanted to get into comic books, but I'm like, where do I start? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and it doesn't help, like, honestly, again, because of how things were. The story now starts at Shadowkeep. The rest of it is, you know, Destiny 1 and Taken King and Rise of Iron is still there if you want to go and, you know, play a PS4, PS3-ass-looking game. But um, for, for Destiny 2, they vaulted the main campaign, first of all, which is such a weird decision, and then they've, they've now vaulted Forsaken and two small expansions. So that's just like a whole chunk of story that's just not in the game anymore. And they're pledging to not do that do it, do it that going forward. But like, yeah, to just have that massive piece of story just not in-game, again, doesn't make it easy for people who are new to this series, honestly. Does that make it confusing? I do like how they've come out and confirmed they're vaulting anymore. Like, that's yeah. good. Does it make it confusing to jump in into the new story and then not know what's happened in the, in the past. Or is that, they, is that- um, there is a nice little recap they've uploaded to their YouTube channel, which I really hope they put into the game. And there is a thing, a timeline of a top right of the screen, that can sort of like give you summaries of the expansions so far and the seasons as well. But again, like it'd be nice if there was just like a, a cutscene way to do it. Cause it, to sit there and read is fine, but, you're going to have to really point new players to that part of the screen because it doesn't jump out at you at all. Right. But, uh, and I know it's, it gets it's such a hard thing to, to sell. What happened to me was I started playing it. I was confused, but I was enjoying the direction. So I, I subbed to a YouTube channel, which is my name is Biff Bife, which is pretty much the Varty Vidya of, of Destiny. And he just basically... He just does lore videos where he'll pick an item or like pick a story piece and just do like a 15 minute video. And that's, that's really how I've sort of caught up on a lot of the things that again, just aren't in the game anymore. Right. One of the big reasons I wanted to get in this game is the weapons. And not because I want to play with them in the game. I wanted to build them. So some people may know that I am a very, very amateur Prop builder. I built one prop, and I'm taking the I'm taking the title. If you're watching us on Twitch.tv forward slash Story Mode AUS, you can see that Leviathan axe behind me. Badass. It's a good axe. Yep. I played God of War. Loved it. Wanted more out of it. Built it. Didn't know what I was doing. I was drinking whiskey and work, working with power tools, which is something I do not condone. But it works. I still have all my fingers, and I want to build more things now. Um, and I've always been, really been interested in making guns from games um interesting looking ones at least and the weaponry in destiny is insane and there's also a lot of um really good um blueprints online and stuff like that and uh and photos reference photos and stuff like that so part of the reason i want to get into the game is so i can have a reason to make a bunch of them. Yeah. So once I've got set up my garage and my little workshop going on, it's that whole wall can be decked out. It's funny because like I, I love Destiny now, but I have had a very up and down run with it. Like I've I've been in it and I've bounced out of it and been in it and bounced out of it. This is I feel like I'm back in it now, which is good. But yeah, something about that this like fantasy mystic sci-fi direction that Bungie's gone with this series is like I love it. And the weapons are cool. Armor's cool. Characters are great. Music's, music is so good. It is so good. But um, but yeah, for a new player, it's just, it's so hard to tell you where to start besides sort of saying, jump in, get a feel for the for the gunplay, which again, Bungie are just like so good at. Like it's, it's their, their specialty. They just happen to have like weaved all this other stuff in with it. And then from there, like there was a really good opportunity just a week past where like all the expansions were free to play for like a week which was great 
But um, unfortunately, that ended. <laughs> That's how I got my friend and co-host from Dialogue since Joel back in. He was like, oh, all right, I'll jump in and try it. He ended up buying the Witch Queen and now he's finished it. He's playing it now. He's in our chat and he's playing it now. Because that's it. So that's the other thing that's great about Destiny. Like, you know how people talk about how, like, Fortnite's just, like, this social game they play? That's what Destiny can be very easily. Just, like, jump in, shoot some things, have a party chat. All right. Have a good time. Okay. This weekend, Kyron, tell me when you're on. Okay? I'm jumping in. Jumping in? Doing it. (laughs) I swear, I'm saying on the podcast, however many dozens of listeners we have, We'll, uh, we'll hold me accountable. No pressure. I'll play Destiny. Yep. I get you. And like, look at the look at look at Lightfall. This like neon cyberpunk ass looking city. The complete yeah, opposite you, you to like it looks sick. The dark, dank swamp of the Witch Queen. Like, just the way that Bungie can have this variety is just oh, it's so exciting. That's one of the reasons I'm, I'm very excited about getting into this game. It's like. Like they're being bold with this. It is a very distinct game now. I think a few months ago, when I just kind of looked at the surface, I was like, okay, yeah, it's a it's a first person shooter with a bunch of new content. I don't really care. But now that I'm seeing that they're doing some really bold things with the direction, they don't mind taking a risk and changing up the genre a little bit. All right, cool. That's, that's how you get me in. Yeah, and they've done a, they've done yeah, a, a, like- a great job selling me on just like the escalation of the conflict as well. It's there are there are shades of like Mass Effect in it a little bit, where Mass Effect had the Reapers coming, and this one's got like the the pyramids and and the witness coming. But I don't know something about how they're doing it. Again, it sucked that they vaulted content. It was terrible, but it was very clever that they had it happen for a narrative reason. They had a whole season dedicated to it called Season of Arrivals, where essentially the whole story was look. The premium chips are here. They've landed on these planets. We've got to sort of support those planets. And then the whole season was like, you know, running quests for the vendors on those planets and helping out. And then at the end, they went dark. Like the planets were just gone. And I just, again, it sucks to lose them, but it's just such a cool way to frame it narratively. It's just to have these Yeah, I, just I like when, when a narrative can have like some finale to it. There's no going back to some moments. All right. All right. I'm in. I'm in. Um, Let's move on to a game that I used to be as excited as you are about Destiny, or franchise. Assassin's Creed, in classic Assassin's Creed fashion. The newest game has been leaked, because that's the only way these games can be announced. Always. Um, And it looks like Ubisoft is going back to its roots, which has me very excited. So Assassin's Creed Mirage will take place in one city. Um, That would be Baghdad. Uh, it will include four individual districts, each area having its own boss. The game is reportedly taking a quote back to basics approach for the series and will return, see the return of throwing knives, yay, hiding places and rooftops, yay, and a dense amount of NPCs akin to um, Assassin's Creed Unity, which had so many people that it broke the game. <laughs> whoa, 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 let's be careful um, throwing around Unity. <laughs> Look, Unity once fixed. I know. Pretty I, phenomenal. I think game, about going back to it. Jokes, I have it on my shelf. Like I think about going back to it a lot now. It's been patched to oblivion. Unity had the best part in that series. Yeah, I, just, I don't have time to go back to it. Maybe I'll maybe I'll install it. Remember when Assassin's Creed games were about parkour and assassination? I remember the good old days. Vaguely. You, okay. <laughs> Look. The worst one of the worst things to happen in Assassin's Creed, yet one of the Arguably the best game in the franchise was Black Flag. Black Flag's incredible. So goddamn fun. But it was so good and removed parkour because you were on islands. There was nothing really to climb up. So it was just like it excelled so much in like the combat and the storytelling and just the visuals that Ubisoft was like, okay, cool. People don't like parkour apparently. We'll go down this path. Like, no, we just. The. We wanted to be cool, cool pirates. And they started making now, like Witcher games, essentially. Well, pretty much. We'll get to that in a moment because this Assassin's Creed Mirage is going to strip back. There's no, not going to be multiple characters to select. There's going to be no dog options. Great name for a podcast. Um, and there's going to be a bit of a return to the more traditional Assassin's Creed outfits. So you actually look like the eagle, and it all is visually and symbolically appealing. And we'll be stealthy and sneaky. Yeah. Like a full return to the assassins in the didn't put the assassin back into Assassin's Creed, and this is something that I've spoken about a lot. I love this franchise; it's one of my favorites. 
Um, but like in the in the latest games, there's just three thousand different systems going on. They went far too hard to the RPG stuff. Valhalla is great. Odyssey is incredible, but they is two of the densest fucking games I've ever played to the point of them being unenjoyable to finish. I, I would rate Odyssey as one of the best games I've played in the last decade. I would never go back and finish it. <laughs> no point. I, I finished Valhalla. It was like, I think my save file was at 120 hours when I was yeah. done. And I was like, oh, I finished it. And then they were like, oh, we're releasing some DLC for it. I'm like, honestly, nope. don't care. I'm not I'm going good. back. You can't make me. <laughs> Just Plus, like, I hate had enough, I'm good, thank you. I appreciate your hard work, but I'm not going back. <laughs> That's a lesson that Ubisoft needs to learn as well. Same with Far Cry. Ubisoft, I know you're listening. I hope it's none of the dickheads that work there are listening. Get the fuck out of here. Um, get rid of the mysticism from your franchises. The whole mystic parts of Far Cry games are the worst parts. The mystic parts of Assassin's Creed belong in a different game. It, it, it gives me the heebie-jeebies. Look, go back to... A great professor who was also a Green Goblin, like he once said, we're going back to formula, okay? I want a focus on assassinations. I don't want all these other bullshit. I want to do little odd jobs around the city. I want to focus on the assassins and the Templars, and I want the return of the proper animus. I loved, loved the modern day stuff, and I know that is a very uncommon thing to say. I'm with you. In our popular opinion, but it was it was really cool conceptually. It was just, they just never landed it properly. Well, I it think was. it was just, it, it felt like they gave up on it because they saw that no one was interested. So when they got, they when, when they letters, got rid of apparently. Desmond, I was like, is that it? That we, we just given up on that now? Like, all right. They went. Like, do you guys remember playing Assassin's Creed 1? And when you're, you're jumping around as Altia and then the whole thing breaks and glitches out because you're being attacked on the outside. Mm-hmm. That is one of the coolest things to ever happen in a goddamn game. And I want more of that shit. I know you can have those glitches and stuff like in Valhalla, you find like glitch spots. It's like, okay, you, you've, this isn't a narrative thread that you're pulling. This is a collectible. Like this is just a little event. Exactly. They, they, it's boring. It feels like you're just crossing off a thing to, to get a trophy. They went too far past what it was supposed to be, which is, it, the Animus and that modern-day storyline gives that series its identity. Everything underneath that, the historical storytelling, is, you know... Well, I said the modern day is an excuse to tell those stories. It, it comes second in terms of the narrative. But as the games progressed, that dynamic shifted and the modern day became sort of this forgettable, oh man, let me get back to the history. Let me get back to what be, I'm actually doing. Like, to the point where they gave you an option. I remember when I was playing Valhalla, they're like, all right, you better get out of your animus. And I was like, can I get back in immediately? They're like, I guess. Do you not want to read our files <laughs> on our computer? I'm like, no, I'll just go but back to was, being a Viking. Thank you, though. <laughs> it made the modern day stuff feel awkward to do. Like, yeah. it was, they put it in because they felt like, oh, we've, we've kind of, Gotta do it, I guess. Although, like, and because they felt like they were forced to, it was just it was, it was little effort. I will say, the ending of Valhalla did put an interesting thing out there for the modern day stuff that Seven also made me feel deeply it. uncomfortable. No one finished that fucking game. I know, but I like, kind of don't believe that end. you did, to be honest. Okay, I, you don't have enough like wrinkles and crow's feet in your face to say that you finished a full Assassin's Creed game. Okay, I refuse to believe it. You're not gaunt enough. Okay. <laughs> I am with I mean, you. It was though, a while Karen. ago. It was like early, like last year. Okay, I've had time to recover. You know, recovered. <laughs> I am with you though. That ending, it, it was intriguing, and everything is like, like Ooh. yeah, it's like, oh Look, man, I, spoiler, what are you going to do? Can you guys with this? tell me what happened? What? Spoiler warning, everyone oh, for okay. <laughs> for a hundred twelve thousand hour game about Vikings. You, honestly, you could probably hear the spoiler. Start playing the game, you'd forget it halfway through. That's how long the game is. <laughs> Literally, what, yes. what happened? It's the stuff with um Basim, like. <laughs> Yeah, so Bassam, it turns out, is in the same way that your protagonist, Eivor, is sort of like a descendant or a reincarnation of Odin, Bassam is the same thing, but with Loki. Sorry, what? Mm. What the Just fuck? Hang in there, hang in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shut hey, the hey, fuck hang up, with, Stay with me, stay with hang me, stay with there. me. <laughs> stay with me, Jesse. Here we go. Bassam is Loki, functionally. So this Assassin's Creed Mirage 
there are a lot of theories that it's obviously it's it's before Bassam ever met Sigurd in Constantinople, which is how they met and how Bassam came to England in the first place in Valhalla. This is set just before that. Um, and it's supposed to sort of tell the story of how he became a hidden one. And throughout the story, it, the, the leaks said we might get visions of Loki and how Loki sort of Loki's personality came forward in Bassam and how Bassam understood or uncovered you know, his past and who he really is. Let me skip those moments. Yeah. Okay. It's okay. They'll be like the, um, like that little. I fought the fucking Pope in Assassin's Creed 2. I punched the shit out of that pious motherfucker. Okay. Amazing. Beat the shit out of him. (laughs) Killed everyone. I'm throwing down smoke bombs. I'm throwing knives at all sorts of Italians. Okay. (laughs) Then they came out with Odyssey. It's like, okay, cool. I, I, I get to, to have sex with this man's wife for four days and I've ruined his little apartment, okay? One of the funniest things I've ever played in the game. I've ground up some bulls testicles. Get to be, that was fantastic. Fuck, what, oh, how am I blanking on her name? What was the female character in Odyssey? Cassandra. Cassandra. Yeah, Cassandra. Like my sweet she queen. She was awesome. <laughs> she was great. She was great. <laughs> Amazing. Um, yeah, you get to be, yeah, Black Flag, you know, you get to be a, a pirate, badass and everything like that. So then they made a, then a, in, a pirate spin-off on its own in Rogue. Which, oh, I, I thought you meant Skull and Bones. No, we don't talk about Skull and Bones. <laughs> yeah. Don't talk, talk about that yet. Um, but now I've got, I've got to men- remember all this stuff about Constantinople and Loki. And like, Loki, yeah, that's all you got to know. Where's my Grimoire app for Assassin's Creed? <laughs> this is Bonkers. No, just go back to something basic. Look, the one of the reasons I don't like, I, I, I like Valhalla, and that's what's annoying. I really like Valhalla. It's a great game. It's just not an Assassin's Creed no, game no, for it's me. Not. Because, and I often hate when people say that because it's uh, you know you could easily hear that. And the same way people are just like, bring the powers and Lord of the Rings. Shut up, you fucking orc. <laughs> um, this feels like a really good thing, but it just, it is actually genuinely removed the assassination from it. They're, they're a, you are, they're a, you the assassination are actively a system. storming fortresses. <laughs> like, exactly. Yeah. You're not an assassin You're not an assassin. Anymore. You're it, scaling walls and yeah, no. I love, are a system I love it, but. as part of the RPG elements <laughs> of the game. So like when I was playing um, Odyssey, I went out and did all the assassination missions and then I finished. I stopped the game. Cause I'm like, that's the, that's what I wanted to take out of it. I, that's the part I enjoyed. Hunting, hunting people down, working your way up that web, and then getting you know getting your mark. Really, really fun stuff. Have that assassination stuff in one game, and then you have your historical RPG in another game. I did. I do like um, finding the clues for all the guys you need to assassinate in Odyssey, and even in Valhalla. I did kind of like that. That was fun. I liked that too, and I liked that they did have that whole separate page in the in the ui and in the menu where you could just follow that tree if you wanted to if you want to take a break from all that mystical stuff you could just follow that tree and maybe there's some gatekeeping with the story and how far you need to be in the main quest but otherwise you really could just follow that uh it's the same with the dlcs in that game too they they turn the main core of the game into a tab yeah it it just it, it it blew my mind but look mistakes aside Assassin's Creed Mirage. We're going to learn more about this um, in a few days' time, so we'll probably talk about it a bit more at length next episode. I love Baghdad as location. The Middle Eastern locations in Assassin's Creed have always been really good. Totally. And I think Baghdad is definitely a place where people have their own, you know, there's a lot of misconceptions about the place. Um, in history, it was one of the most like beautiful cities in the world. It's stunning. It still ha- It still is. Has some incredible architecture and stuff there. Like the, the picture we have of the game, the art. I'm like, I'm in. <laughs> I'm in. Like, give me that, that game right there. I'm. You got me. Totally. Sorry, I'm just like dying at this it's, at it's moment. I'm, I'm wondering. It's all Assassin's Creed. I'm fault. wondering how many of these coughs Keelan will take out. I'm hoping he takes them all out. <laughs> and there's, there's just some dead air. If it leaves dead this part air. in where you talk about how you're dying. <laughs> I'm gonna say this is gonna be one of the few podcasts ever recorded where the host is having it. An active asthma attack during. <laughs> and oh, you no. know what? I will get through it. I will endure. I will survive. Speaking of enduring and surviving, The Last of Us Part 1. <laughs> I'm fucking hell, I'm going to die. <laughs> Last of Us Part 1 came out. Speaking of dying, okay, this, this I'm not getting golf clubbed here. Uh, yeah, Last of Us Part 1 came out, what, 
10, 13, 20, 15 years after Last of Us originally came out. I can't remember what year it came out. We finally have the, what, third remake of the game? Yeah. Something like that. A, a slightly controversial one um, in regards to pricing and all that. But while I have another drink of water, Felix, you've been playing the game. How are you going with it so far? Yeah. So Last of Us Part 1, it's they claim it's a from the ground up remake, which I don't think is a fully accurate or a correct statement. Um, it, it wasn't from the ground up that they rebuilt this thing. They obviously reused a lot of animation and uh, voice. Obviously, they reused all the voice work and everything. Um, so it wasn't necessarily from the ground up. But, man, they overhauled the visuals. They redid a lot of the facial animation to be more in line with the actor's original just stunning performances that they did back for that first game, which they weren't able to extract with their constraints from the tech. It's, it's a remake that... I think they, they want to try and say that it's freeing their original vision of what the game was supposed to be, but they couldn't quite match it with the tech that they had at the time. And now it's, you know, it's just telling me exactly what I already knew, which is that The Last of Us is a phenomenal experience. It is such a beautiful this is, story. This is the best way to play one of the best games ever made. Agreed. Simple as that. And look, I agree. It wasn't, I think built from the ground up was some clever marketing, which opened up to complaints that I can't remember getting into. I think a lot of that had to do with accessibility. So Last of Us Part 2 was absolute, just incredible um, in regards to its accessibility options. I followed a lot of um, accessibility advocates on social media and stuff like that. Uh, Steve Saylor and such. And they were absolutely gushing about it. So I really looked into it and it was really interesting to find out um, how limiting some other games are, where the options are quite easy to implement at times. But Last of Us 2 just actually changed the game. And I, I really like that they've gone back and they've genuinely changed part one to be playable for as many people as possible. Um, and a lot of that does take a lot of tearing down of the original game because they do need to change a lot of things to implement, thing, implement these changes. Um, that's been the, that, that's been really impressive, but an aspect of the game that I haven't haven't explored yet because I I'm going to play through the game like a base settings basically first, and then I'm going to mess around with all that. But to replay what. On, on its day is my favorite game of mate. Knowing the context of what happens, knowing about Joel's fateful day at the driving range and things like that. Everything like that golf club is hitting harder than you expect. Um, full spoilers for Last of Us Part yeah. 2, I guess. Um, Unfettered spoilers. Look, whatever. I just had an asthma attack or some, some sort of devil possession, some sort of animus episode don't say it don't say um god damn um i can't get over how pretty this game looks look the characters look like they're part of a remake i don't know why the characters stand out a little bit but the environments look basically as good as last of us 2 does yeah and that blows my mind there is the sequence towards the start when you're first escaping the quarantine area and it's raining and the way the rain is running off the rocks and into the mud and splashing in puddles it and the reflections jarring oh it looks sensational and it's just a testament to how that game was beautiful when it launched but now i and i think they've overhauled those characters as well to look more in line with what they did in in part two especially ellie uh, she looks a lot more like a younger version of her part two self. Yes. Um, and Tess as well is also a character who looks so much more believable as a human being 
than than she did in that original. I forgot game. how badass Tess is. Yeah, Hell she's yeah. sick. I, I, Tess is great for a character that's very. I'm only a few hours into the game, so I'm just past. And again, spoilers for a game that came out like 15 years ago. You've had several um, opportunities to play it by mistake. Indeed. <laughs> exactly. You you've, you you done fucked up. Um, I forgot how badass Tess is because mm-hmm. yeah, I just got to the point where she she dies, oh. and the way that all plays out, I'd forgotten about because. In a game full of impactful moments, unfortunately, that's one of the ones that is kind of more easily forgotten, I guess. Speaking of impactful moments, though, when I first played Last of Us, I teared up at the start. Sarah, I, it happened again. Hell of a it game. hit me like a ton of bricks. I forgot how well-written that character was. You only see her for a very short period of time. But the way they capture her being, like, so loving off, off her dad and, and funny and bright and... She's, she feels like an actual, like, kid. Like, she's got, like, band posters up. She feels real. I don't know who plays her, but that performance is brilliant. I absolutely love it. It was that so such a good performance. Me. And her lines in that opening section are so powerful. And she only has, like, a few, especially in that car as well, when they're driving through. She just has these little little nuggets that she puts in where she's like, we should have helped them. Or yeah. those people are on fire. It's like, those are powerful lines that you're like, oh my God. Like, she's I, just a child and she's witnessed someone just like attack her dad and her dad just shot somebody in the head. And he's like, she's like, I saw him this morning. It's like, I know. <laughs> you and me both, man. <laughs> I, it's I do recall like really that liking me. that scene in the car, just like as you're as Joel's driving and you're just in control of her, sort of yeah, and you've got sort of like the full 360 view. Yeah. Is, yeah, such a good idea to have that sequence play out like that. And Tommy talking about the miscommunication between everyone's yeah. like, I've heard this, I could be this, like there, yep. there's the panic is palpable when it's just three people in a car driving past and burning barns. Um the 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 line from Sarah that gets me or got me is when she gives Joel the watch. And he's like, where'd you get the money from? And she's like, oh, I've been selling drugs. It's an offhand joke, but it's an LA line. I can imagine her saying that. Mm. So it really shows the um, similarities between Sarah and Ellie and why Joel became so attached and became a father figure and so on and so forth. Look, we're just going to start talking about how good Last of Us Part (laughs) 1 is. Well, the Last of Us story is. The elephant in the room, the elephant in the room. Fuck, that was a good joke. No. Elders can't get me down. Beg to differ hey. there. Animus. I'll Assassin's tell you what. Creed. <laughs> Animus. Animus. That's Animus. a bloke. That's a <laughs> um, f- Fuck you guys. <laughs> Don't make me laugh because I will start joking again. Um, the game's not cheap. So I went to buy it from JB Hi-Fi. Uh, it was $110, but when they, they scanned it, it became like 80. So I'm like, okay, I'm not going to say anything cool. But that EB game is selling for like $110. Mind you, this is without a steel case. I would spend $300 for a steel case edition, but they don't have it apparently. For a game that's been remade so many times, has come out free on PlayStation Plus in its, in its former versions, not this full remake version. Is this costing too much? Um, or is the the people complaining about this not the right audience for this game? Like not not who the intended target audience for this game. I th- well, look, I love The Last of Us, but it was the it was the price that sort of put me off of it. And it's not like I wasn't among the initial crowds. I'll fully admit it. But it was just like I don't know if we need a remake of this. But then when I started seeing screenshots, you know. I saw the, the test character comparisons first of all, the accessibility stuff. I was like, okay, this is really cool. I still don't know if I'm willing to drop that much cash on it. And I think it was just further sour because, again, I know that price was decided a while ago, but with the PS5 also creeping up in price, I was just like, mm, I don't know, guys. I think if you take it just as the game that it is, and it's The Last of Us, uh, which is already a spectacular game, and if you just take that game as it is, obviously it's worth the money. Like, it, removing all context surrounding that game's release, The Last of Us Part 1 is 100% worth your money. If it's the first time playing The Last of Us, this is the best way to play oh, it. Yeah. But if you've played it before, uh, and, and you've played it recently especially, you'll get less out of it 
for sure, than somebody else who has never played the game, I think. And it's, for me, I haven't played that original game in a couple of years. And so me going in, it's like, I'm, I'm nostalgic for that game. And going into this remake with everything is overhauled and beautiful and it, it all looks amazing and more in line with its sequel, it's almost like I'm going back and I'm just I'm just playing it how I remember it and it's just solidifying it that it is such a great game and it's such a great experience. Very ageless. It's funny. The wording you said there was, was quite appropriate, I think, for the way I've, I've been seeing this game. Because I recently went back and played the original Last of Us, like the original copy blew the dust off the case um and i played a little bit of it and it feels it, it didn't feel like i remember it but then playing this new version it plays like it is in my brain it looks like it did the 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 impact of everything was was there it, it's just hitting the notes it hit all that time ago it feels like an ageless version of the game now totally if, if you've played the game before and you're like, whatever, I don't recommend buying this. But you shouldn't be buying it anyway. If you're just air about it, then what are you doing? If you've never played the game before, which is a lot of people, the game did come out a while ago. And yes, there's been remakes. There's been opportunities to play it. But there may not have been a reason per se to play it if you hadn't. Uh, I would recommend getting on this. For the accessibility option, if you weren't able to play it back then, hopefully able to now and able to enjoy it. I think it's, it's a very, there's definitely a choice to be made with this one. I, I can, I can understand people who don't want to buy it, but I've also seen people, you know, invoking this whole thing of like, Oh, the game's not even that good. Neil Cockman shouldn't be selling the game. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, we, we don't listen to those people. Exactly. Those people are absolute garbage. I, I think, the Last of Us 2, the backlash, the absolute bullshit backlash towards that game changed people's view of The Last of Us as a series, as a franchise. It did, unfortunately. And it became one of those, those things where it's cool to hate on it. And it really muddled up the conversation. I think there's a very worthwhile conversation to be had regarding the price of games. Um, I think there's an argument to be made that they are too expensive. I think there's also an argument made that they're kind of running pretty cheap for what they are nowadays. But the conversation has been absolutely muddied by a lot of just bullshit, zealot opinions. And, um, and misogyny. And, and, and misogyny. And horrible, horrible all sorts of All sorts of phobias. Um, but look, if, if you want to play the game um, in, its, in its premium form, yeah. This is it. And it's worth it, this, I would say. Yeah. It is. I, I'm happy. I'm I, I don't regret blinds at all. It's almost like a shrine to itself as well. Obviously, like... It's wank. Naughty Dog is having a wank. Truly. Truly they are. It it, it is a proud wank. Like, they're looking at themselves in the mirror and they're they're, they're flexing. Yeah, Um, yeah. yeah. This is a proud, proud wank. I mean, they deserve it, really. It's a phenomenal game. And that couple... Any other podcast would have called it a victory lap, but we're not. This is a victory lap. Oh, man. You don't speak for all of us here, Jesse. So, <laughs> this is you. You're saying that. What do you mean? Animus. Hey, look. Once, <laughs> once I once I get through this podcast with my ailing lungs, if I'm able to make it through, you know what I'm doing after this. Don't victory way. <laughs> Nothing. No, I'm going to be editing, guys. That's not true. Absolute monsters. <laughs> yeah, Keelan, oh, Keelan's listening. It's like you don't edit these. You edited like two, and they were noticeable that you edited them. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. But before I do keel over and die, speaking of, oh, I should have said, but speaking of keeling, before I keel over, ah, fuck, missed opportunity. Keelan, edit that in. Um, let's wrap this one up because I need to go and lay down. <laughs> it, do, it does sound like you <laughs> yeah, do yeah, need yeah. to do that. <laughs> Look, I made it through. We're, we're all good. We're all good. Now, if you want to hear episodes where I breathe, not well, that's fine. It's not all sorts of health problems. <laughs> I breathe better. Um, we have 130 odd other episodes up on Spotify and iTunes. So subscribe and leave us a review. While you're there, go search for Current's excellent podcast, Dialogue Options, great name for a podcast. Um, go leave, leave them some love, subscribe, leave, leave reviews, all sorts. While you're there, also search for our uh, good friends at Fan Critical. They give keep our proverbial lights on. So make sure you check out the Fan Critical Podcast Network and leave them some love as well. 
Of course, we're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at StormanAUS. We're also on Twitch at StormanAUS, where you can watch us play games and record podcasts and watch me literally stop breathing. Um, that can be found at StormanAUS. Look, if you're watching us now and you're in the chat and you don't follow us, I think the fact that I'm still going and speaking this fast and this confidently while just F- turning F's blue. In chat for Jesse. <laughs> F in the chat. I think it deserves a follow. Um, and you can also follow us individually individually on Twitter. I'm at Jesse Spanner. Felix, where are you at? I'm at Nichols underscore Felix. And Karen. I am at LemonManX. Come give give us some love. Tell us how you're doing. Tell us what you're thinking of. Uh, Rings of Power and Destiny and Assassin's Creed Mirage and The Last of Us Part One. Now, have you had fun? Hope I didn't cough directly into your ears. I hope Keelan edited this enough so you're not startled when you're on the bus listening to us. Um, But if not, I apologize. Stay safe. Play some games. Stay healthy. And we'll see you next week. Bye. 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 Cough, cough, cough. Animus, animus. Sounds great.